It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Welcome back in hour number two of the program here on Tuesday morning. And hopefully this tea kicks in and gives me a little bit of a caffeine boost because I'm, I'm already exhausted. It's, it's funny because I was like, oh, doctor, don't, all I do is talk on the radio. I can go back to work. And he was like, yeah, you know, as long as you're not lifting up anything and, you know, and you take it slow and you take it easy, you should be fine. And he cleared me to come back to work, but... I didn't take into account, like, just getting up in the morning, taking a shower, getting ready for work, wipes me out. So, yeah. But this tea will probably kick me, kick me, kick me into another gear. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. So, uh, by the way, um, I went to a, a doctor's appointment yesterday, regular checkup, because I'm diabetic I have to go every few months and they test my blood sugar and because I don't, I don't have to do the finger pricks and test it myself every day. Like I wasn't, wasn't that bad. Um, and the last time that I went to the doctor, my A1C was 6.4, which, you know, they want you to be below six and then you're not diabetic. And uh, went yesterday, 5.5. So now I have to go back in six months. We'll check it again. We'll see where it goes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, who knew? Just listening to what the doctors tell you could could actually help. Anyway, 508-996-0500. I had mentioned before the news break this story. Uh, WCVB has it this morning where, you know, meth typically has not been as big of an issue in Massachusetts as it has been in other places. Crystal meth, you know, these uh, meth labs that people make, you know, all the stuff that you saw in Breaking Bad and Justified and shows like that, that wasn't really as big of an issue in Massachusetts. However, Massachusetts does have a new problem with meth just in, an, in a different way. It's popping up in different Massachusetts communities disguised as... Adderall. So what's happening is people who are buying Adderall on the black market are thinking that they're taking Adderall and are instead being given methamphetamine, which is more addictive, more powerful, and gets them hooked on this stuff. Now, if you've never really paid attention to Adderall. It is a drug that's used to treat people that have ADHD. I took Adderall for a while when I was 
in my late 20s, mid, mid-20s maybe, I went to the doctor and I said, I just can't get things done. I can't, can't focus. And I went with the intention of asking if I could have a sleep study because my wife at the time was telling me I would wake up. Um, I wouldn't be breathing in my sleep. I'd be snoring. So she was like, I think you might have sleep apnea. You should get, get it looked at. And so I went to the doctor I had at the time and I said, I think I have sleep apnea. And before they scheduled me a sleep test, they had me seeing a psychiatrist and ended up putting me on a few different things. But one of them was Adderall. They, they diagnosed me with adult onset ADHD. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't even think that that might be what my issue was. I would lack focus in some areas. I would hyper-focus in other areas. So they, they told me that this was all a result of that. And so they gave me Adderall for, I think, the better, maybe a little over a year. Didn't seem to make any difference. I'm trying to think of what some of the other ones were that they, they put me on. They put me on something else that you give to people that have ADD. Uh, I can't think of it. But they tried that. And it wasn't really having any effect. Finally, I got them to put me in for the sleep test, diagnosed with sleep apnea. Then I had to go and take a narcolepsy test. And it turns out I have narcolepsy as well. As the doctor told me, you won the crappy lottery. Although he didn't use the word crappy. Because it's so rare for somebody to have both. I have sleep apnea. Can't stay asleep at night. I also have narcolepsy. Can't stay awake during the day. But when I had that Adderall prescription, anybody that knew that I was taking it, I was hearing from people like, hey, if you ever want to sell any of those, if you ever, because people will, especially college students or high school students, they will use it to help them get through cram sessions of studying and projects that need to get done. Because of the hyper-focus that it gives you. Now, when I was diagnosed with narcolepsy, they put me on something called ProVigil, which is very similar. That was hard to get. The insurance company wouldn't approve me for it because in their whacked-out reasoning... They'd already given me a CPAP machine, so that's to solve the problem. And as the doctor was trying to explain, that's a separate diagnosis. That's for apnea. Provigil is for narcolepsy. But they were giving these doctors a lot of samples of Provigil to try to get people on them. And so the doctor told me, just keep coming here every month and I'll give you all the samples that we have until your insurance company figures this out. And that went on for months. The insurance company never did approve it. And then finally the doctor said, I don't, I don't have any more samples. They weren't getting any more samples because they, they couldn't. 
because the demand was so high because people were taking ProVigil like they were taking Adderall. So it was something that was designed to help with people that have legitimate issues, but people are instead using it for this intense burst of focus and productivity. And so that's who's looking for black market Adderall. These aren't drug addicts, although, you know, we can discuss whether or not people become addicted to Adderall, but these aren't people who are strung out junkies looking to get a fix. These are people who are thinking that they're taking these pills to help them through something and then they'll stop. But what they find out instead is they've actually been given meth and now they're addicted. So it's a very concerning thing that people are thinking they're just taking a strong but relatively benign stimulant instead of taking meth. So if you buy black market Adderall for what I just be really careful, I guess, but don't do it is probably the best way. And this isn't something where you know, well, well, I trust the guy I get my Adderall from. Yeah, but you don't know where that guy gets his Adderall from. When I was on the Adderall prescription, I don't know how many pills I got in a bottle, probably 30, whatever. And I was picking it up one day in the pharmacy. And when I was leaving the pharmacy... I ran into uh, somebody that I know, somebody that I went to school with. And we were talking for a few minutes and I said, oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm picking up Adderall because apparently I have ADD now and I never had it before. And he goes, so you don't, you don't think that you have it? It's like, no, but this is what they've, they've put me on. And he said, well, if you don't want to take them, if you just go to UMass Dartmouth and walk through the campus center, You'll be able to sell all of those for 10 bucks a pop. At least. And that's, that's the way that it was, especially in those early days of Adderalls. You could just walk through and somebody might walk up to you and say, hey, do you have any, have any Adderall? So I can only imagine how much more prevalent it is now. And now these kids think that that's what they're buying and they're getting something far more dangerous. You shouldn't get high from Adderall. You shouldn't have your teeth fall out from Adderall. If those things are happening, you've got the wrong stuff. And you really, again, we can debate the addiction level of, of Adderall, but you shouldn't become addicted to it. Now, when I say it's not something people become addicted to, I don't know that you have the, you know, the physical withdrawals if you don't get it kind of addiction. 
I think people get addicted to needing it, having it get them through. But I don't think there's the physical addiction like you would have with meth. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Good morning, Kim. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You sound good. I agree with everybody. You do sound much better from yesterday. You can tell the difference when with the two days back to back, you know. So I just wanted to say first, I love Colleen when she calls in. I love her stories. She's Mm -hmm. like got so many neat stories. And um, so I I had a friend. Well, we were, yeah, we were friends. Um, This is going back 20 years ago, though. Her son was on that ADH medicine Mm -hmm. and she was taking it. She was taking it. Her son really needed it. You could tell. But um, she started taking it. She was an alcoholic, well, a non-drinking alcoholic and whatever, a sober, sober person. And um, so she started taking that. And she, I know, I could always tell when she was on it because she would be totally different, like kind of feeling good, kind of different. So I, I don't know if they make them the same today as they did 20 years ago. But, um, yeah, she, and she was making up all these excuses. And the doctors, she kept getting refills. So I just thought, wow, would I ha- would have never known about that had I not seen her behavior with it. Um, but, you know, needless to say, I stopped being around her. Um, and um, so the other thing I wanted to say is, uh, so I, I had double vision in my left eye. And it lasted for about, I don't know, a good 10, 15 minutes. And it was shaking back and forth with the double vision. So I have an appointment for the 28th. I thought maybe I had a mini stroke. And, you know, that, you know, was my eye. But um, so now I'm all scared because Mary said, what is this with the needle in the eye? What does she have? And now I'm afraid to go. I'm afraid they're going to put a needle in my eye and I might feel it. Um, no, well, she, she was talking about macular degeneration. Oh, wow. Wow. Sounds like your issue is a little bit separate, and it's probably, you know, it's probably a nerve issue. Yeah, just, I hope so. Just, just a guess. I'm not a, yeah. not a, di- no, I'm not know, an eye doctor right? by any means. Yeah, I know. Well, that's the one thing. I know a lot of medical stuff. I was in the field. I gave it up. But um, forget about it. What's going on in today's day, you know, I, <laughs> and then eyes. That's just something, you know, but I do wear glasses. Yeah, it's worth getting checked out anyway because so many yeah. eye problems can be easily fixed these days. Yeah, well, that's not really scary. <laughs> but yeah, so that's my story about the Adderall. Well, I mean, I, I can tell you, you know, I when I was taking it, I never got any kind of, you know, buzz from it. I just felt mm. like I was, you know, a little bit more focused in on things, but it, it, it didn't really help enough that I felt like that was the problem. And it turns out, oh, Ritalin, that was the other thing that they put me on, Ritalin. Ritalin, yeah. And that, yeah. that did nothing either. Yeah, Ritalin. I heard about Ritalin. I don't know a lot about that, but no, I'm. I think, you know, that. Well, she was just taking that, and you were probably taking it as prescribed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I maybe, forget what the I forget what the directions were, but I I followed whatever they were. Yeah. So I don't know, but she was definitely taking them. How much I don't know. And doctors but, would but, refill them because you know they they didn't really think that there was a, a huge danger to it. So they were just like, okay, this this kid needs more focus. We'll just give him more more uh, Adderall. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's crazy. Now the mess. Jeez, I don't know these poor kids. Yeah, I mean, I guess you know, 
excuse me, the lesson here is just don't buy black market drugs. Right? Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, that's all I have for today. All right. You have a good day. You too, kiddo. Bye-bye. 508-996-0500. If you want to call in and chime in, yeah, Ritalin was the other thing they put me on. And uh, and that didn't that didn't do anything either. But that was, especially in the early days of Adderall, that was a problem where, you know, doctors weren't, I guess, overly concerned with how many pills kids were taking. And in a way, that probably led to this black market for them because it's like, okay, well, I got you know, 30 pills and I only took 10 this month, I'm going to go just sell the, sell the other 20. Or if I take them on the first of the month, if I get that re- prescription, I know I can get more on the 20th. So I'm just going to sell some. And I was told, you know, back in those days, we're talking 2005 or so. I was told back in those days I could get $10 a pill. So who knows how much it is now. But these... Kids that are buying them on the black market are getting more than they bargained for. So if you know somebody that's that's a, an, an Adderall user but not not prescribed, just you know maybe let them know about that. Just let them be, make them aware of the story. It's uh, again wcvb.com has it. Channel five, make them aware of this, just so that they can be a, at least a little extra vigilant. All right, I've got to take a break. 508-996-0500. We'll be back in a few moments. All right, let's go back to the phones. 508-996-0500. You're next on WBSM. What's going on? How you doing? Not bad. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Getting there. Glad. Getting there, right? A little bit a little bit at a time. Mm-hmm. Glad, at least, Joe, glad to hear you back. And, Thank you. And you, you know what? Your voice from yesterday to today is actually already improved. Thank you. Yeah. So. Well, I think maybe maybe yeah, talking it, makes a difference. Maybe you know, and salt water. Like, do you do it like a salt water gargle? Because I know that's yeah, you know, a little I, trick of the trade. That I do it. I mean, I don't really find that it helps that much, but I just do it anyway because that's you know suggested. But you know, throat coat tea is a big yeah. help too. Okay, yeah, that'll that'll heal you up. At least keep it you know from getting too dry and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's that's really what causes the, the raspiness problem with, but yeah, you definitely sound significantly better and you know, oh, you feel a lot better anyways. Yeah. Getting there, getting there. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so the, the political season in local politics is starting to already take shape. I, I heard this morning in Dartmouth, it's, uh, Diane Gilbert is already going to throw her hat in the ring for one of the seats. She's a former selectman, um, and and one of the other seats has three challenges already on it. I don't know who it is um, for Frank Gracie. Frank Gracie, uh, I guess, is not running for re-election, so there's, that's going to be an open seat. So there's three for that position, and then um, Diane Gilbert will be uh, going for the other one. So it should be an interesting season, um, competitive, anyways, going into uh, April. I would say, yeah, is that an April election? Yeah, that's an April. Yeah, definitely an April election. Um, I don't know when the, when the deadline is to, to uh, you know, throw your hat in the ring, but I know it's already getting, you know, in January, in early early February, you're already looking at four four people interested. So that, it's always good. You know, you hate to see uncontested seats because then 
you know, ideas and, you know, just, I don't know, you know, just a challenge of ideas. You know, your past record's not challenged. All that stuff doesn't go unchallenged. So having people run, you know, it's a, it's a competition for ideas, and, and hopefully we'll see who wins. So hopefully the best person wins rather than, you know, the person with the most signs. Yeah, I got a I got an email the other day about voting. I think, um, but I have to I have to look back and see if I can find it. It might have had that information about when the deadlines are. I'll I'll see what I can find and I'll uh, I'll announce it. Yeah, um, it would be interesting. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know who the other people are, but I do know that uh, know that uh, Diane Gilbert. She's a former select woman. She was a select woman in '06 to '09. Um, she took some time off, and now she's. She's getting that itch to get back in, so we'll see how that turns out for her. Uh, I know she she ran against Laura Stone. I think Laura Stone beat her um, in 09 or, or going in, you know, leaving 09 that last time. So seeing, seeing her get back into the ring, there, there must be something that's, that's kind of getting her, her goat, getting her itch to get, to get back involved. Something's not making her happy. So, so it should be interesting to see what she has to say. So it looks like the, the final day to pull nomination papers is this Friday, February 9th. So you could still get a few more people uh, in there uh, before the uh, before the, yeah. the deadline. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think one of the biggest things in Dartmouth anyways is probably going to be your potential override vote, your potential um, you know, rehiring of the town administrator. That's probably going to be another contested idea, or whether or not somebody wants to keep them or not. I know those are the two big, big things on the on the on the table. So well, we will certainly keep an eye on it. I just figured I'd let you. Yeah, I, I figured I'd let you know it's kind of starting to heat up in the town. So be interested to see if uh, if if the Haven you know kind of follows suit and gets a lot of people for that open seat. Also, true. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll keep an eye on all of it. I, I I appreciate the call. You have a great day. You got it, Tim. Take care. All right. And I do have to go to the news right now, but we will take some more calls. 508-996-0500. But right now, I've made him wait too long. Let's go and get all the headlines of the day from Phil Debit. Now, the biggest stories on the South Coast from the WBSM Newsroom. This is WBSM News. A House vote on impeaching Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas could come as early as today. On Monday, the Republican-led House Rules Committee voted 8-4 to send the measure to the full House for a vote. Massachusetts Democrat Jim McGovern, meanwhile, slammed Republicans over the effort, calling it the most, quote, frivolous impeachment effort the House has ever seen. Country music superstar Toby Keith is dead. The 62-year-old died peacefully last night, surrounded by his family, according to a message on social media. The singer was diagnosed with stomach cancer not too long ago and had been undergoing chemotherapy, radiation, and surgery. Keith is survived by his wife, Trisha Lucas, and their three children, daughters Shelley, fellow singer Crystal Keith, and son Stellan. Keith sold more than 40 million records over the course of his career. Long before his diagnosis, he'd set up a foundation 
Foundation to help children battling cancer. Central Command is still assessing the casualties from U.S. airstrikes in Iraq and Syria. That's what Pentagon spokesman Major General Pat Ryder told reporters Monday. He said the goal of Friday's strike was to target the Iranian-backed groups responsible for the attack in Jordan that left three American soldiers dead and dozens wounded. Top administration officials say this is just the beginning of the retaliation against the groups. President Biden says he's concerned about King Charles after it was revealed he's been diagnosed with cancer. The president told reporters in Las Vegas he's hoping to speak to him soon. Buckingham Palace is not revealing the type of cancer or the prognosis, but did say the king began regular treatments on Monday. The 75-year-old British monarch had a corrective procedure for an enlarged prostate over a week ago, but it's not believed to be related to this announcement. Nevada is set to hold one of the more confusing presidential contests this week. The state will hold a Republican presidential primary today and Republican Party-run caucuses on Thursday. This after the Democratic governor at the time in 2021 and Republicans started fighting over scheduling and procedures. Republican frontrunner Donald Trump expected to garner all of the delegates in the caucuses because he's the only major candidate. Meanwhile, Nikki Haley will appear on the primary ballot, but Trump will not, assuring that Haley will win but won't get any delegates. And ratings for the Grammy Awards are in, and it's a hit. Roughly 17 million people watched the primetime award show Sunday night, the largest number for the music event since 2020. The number is also a 30% increase from last year. Phoebe Bridgers ended the 2024 Grammys as the musician with the most wins, taking home four. And album of the year went to Taylor Swift. Time now for WBSM Sports, brought to you by Sparks Auto in Dartmouth. The Bruins looking to extend their winning streak to three games. After a brief break for the All-Star weekend, they're back in action when they host the Calgary Flames tonight at T. Garden and the Celtics host the Atlanta Hawks Wednesday night. Now we look at your forecast with ABC6. Cloudy skies this morning, temperatures topping out in the low 30s. Wind chill values in the mid-20s bundle up. It is feeling pretty chilly out there and so will be the case throughout the day. Temperatures quite seasonable in the upper 30s this afternoon under cloudy skies. The clouds will continue overnight tonight with temperatures dipping to around 30. Be sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Cecil Carmen on New Bedford News Talk Station 1420 WBSM. I'm Phil Devitt for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM. And get all of our content and breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. synthesizers that's some good 80s synthesizer right there and of course some great sax but the um i said sax don't send in any letters the uh if you like 80s pop music and you have netflix you gotta check out the documentary the greatest night in pop 
It's a documentary about the making of We Are the World. And it's it's really, really good. Including some rumors that were confirmed by what happened in that uh, in that documentary. So it had long been rumored but not confirmed that Lionel Richie, Quincy Jones, Michael Jackson, the folks behind the song, Stevie Wonder, that they had wanted to get Prince to come in and, and sing a part, but that they couldn't really get him. And, and you feel bad watching it for, for Sheila E because they basically brought her on board to try to get her to bring Prince over. But they confirmed the longstanding rumor that Huey Lewis ended up getting the part that was intended for Prince. So, long-time music legend confirmed. And I love Prince, but that's a great part that Huey has in that, in that song. And they, they do talk in the documentary about how that song is pretty broad and pretty simplistic and basic, but that that was the intention of it because they wanted it to be something that could be worldwide. And it was. Anybody that's my age, you know, Gen X, anybody that grew up and was in elementary school at the time of We Are the World, we all got up on stage and performed it at one point or another. Where the class would all perform different parts. Some kids were lucky enough they got to dress up as music superstars to do it. I don't know. If I had if I had done that, I, I might have had to have dressed up as... Uh, it's Michael Jackson. I couldn't sing like he could, but I had the I had the knockoff beat up beat it jacket. So I had like one that had like studs all over it. But it looked looked similar. I had the glove. But I I just I couldn't hit the same notes. But anyway, watch the documentary. It's, it's worth your time, especially if you are a fan of, of 80s pop music and seeing how they really did manage everybody being in that room. And it wasn't the quick in and out that I had always assumed that it was. It took hours, and they get into a lot of that. So you heard in the news there some more about uh, King Charles' cancer diagnosis. And although they're still not saying what kind of cancer it is they're saying it's not prostate cancer because he had just been in for an enlarged prostate and it seems like from what I was reading about this it was very similar to the situation that I went through where he went in for a different problem and through different scans and tests they discovered that he had cancer now you know they found mine in September confirmed it in late November, early December. I forget when I had the MRI exactly. And then scheduled me for surgery in, in January. But it was early, so they, they had some time. And apparently so is King Charles. They, they caught his cancer very early on. But he doesn't have to wait a few months like I do. They don't have to schedule his surgery. I don't know this for sure, but they probably have doctors on call who just serve the royal family. 
so this was a situation where another problem led to them finding this issue. So I can I can relate to that for sure. But I don't know if you heard this story. This came out over the weekend. There's a popular Indian model and actress who is coming under fire now because she faked her death in an Instagram post to raise awareness for cervical cancer. Last Friday, a statement was published on her social media that said that Poonam Pandey, quote, bravely fought the disease and died. The media put out obituaries. Her Wikipedia page was updated to reflect her death. But then people became skeptical because apparently there was footage of her on a boat apparently in good health that was posted just a few days beforehand. And people were commenting under things like, quote, I hope this is not a publicity stunt disguised as creating awareness for cervical cancer, which would be unethical and irresponsible, especially when dealing with sensitive issues like health awareness. But she later admitted to having faked it. She said, quote, yes, I faked my demise, extreme I know, but suddenly we are all talking about cervical cancer, aren't we? I am proud of what my death news has been able to achieve. Now, others are saying this was attention-seeking behavior, that it was deception. Uh, and a lot of people are saying highly unethical. And I would agree. You can raise awareness without having to go to that extreme. And it does mock people who are suffering or who have lost someone. That's why when I found out what was going on with me, I didn't really use the word cancer. Because this isn't this isn't a cancer battle in my mind. This was, I had cancer cells in my body that they were able to easily remove and take out of my body. This is not the same fight that others go through. This is not the same battle that others so bravely fight. I, there's, there's no need for me to ring a bell. Literally and figuratively. This was easy for, for comparative sake. So I didn't want to use that word and, and, and make it seem like it's more than it is. But this model apparently had no problem doing that. So I, I think it's going to have a serious detriment to her career. I don't think she realizes what the, the backlash is going to be. 508-996-0500. I've got to take a break here. We'll be back in a few moments.
Welcome back in. Just a reminder, too, speaking of Steam, when I hear that song, great song by Peter Gabriel, but when I hear it, I think about the video, which was probably, you know, similar in the vein of uh, Sledgehammer, you know, a lot of uh, fun animations and everything, but uh, part of that is they turned Peter Gabriel into a steam train. But it made me think of the story that I wrote before I went out that I don't even know if I got a chance to really mention on the air. Maybe I did, but I forgot. But uh, they will have the steam train back in action, their 1920 steam train back in action at Clark's Bears, formerly known as Clark's Trading Post, this summer. And Edaville has a lot of events planned over the course of the next, you know, throughout this year. They have some other things coming up besides being open regularly during the Festival of Lights starting in November. But they've got some other special events they'll be doing throughout the course of the year in which they'll also be utilizing their steam train. So you're going to have multiple opportunities to get out there and ride steam trains this year if you are a fan. And I am, but I, I, I was worried that I was like too much of a super fan, but I don't really know all the ins and outs. When I went to that special Edaville event, there were some people that were real super fans. People who travel the country riding on these trains and photographing them and taking video of them and writing about them on websites. There was a kid all of eight years old there, who knew everything about the trains. He knew what kind of whistle it was from the sound of it. So there's a lot of people that are even geekier about it than I am. And if you are one of them, you've got a couple of opportunities coming up this summer, somewhat locally. Obviously, Edaville's local, but Clark's Bears is not a terrible drive. I haven't been there in forever. The last time that I was there, the, uh, what do you call it there? The uh, Mystery Mansion or Mystery Manor, whatever they call it, that was still, that was new. Which is one of those attractions where you, you go in and you sit down on these like bench seats. They lead you through like this room with candelabras and paintings on the wall and mirrors and everything. And then you sit down in these bench seats in this room and the room starts spinning around you. But in actuality, these benches that you're sitting on is a ride. It just totally freaks you out. Love riding that. Anyway, 508-996-0500. I've got to take my final break of this hour. We'll be back in a few moments. Squeezing a quick call here before the news. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. I'm so happy you're back. I've missed you terribly. Well, good morning, and, and thank you for the card. They they brought it in to me. Oh, good, good, because, I, yes, I just delivered it to you. Um, I know, they wouldn't let me in. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if I had food for you, they might just let me in. <laughs> yeah, they're they're a little strict here in the mornings when there's nobody around, so I, um, oh, well, I appreciate it, though. I understand. I, I had to say about the tattoo thing, um... I'm with you. I'm going to be 65 this year, and I never had a reason to get a tattoo. That's something I'd want to have for the rest of my life on my body. I don't condemn anybody that has it. My daughter has like maybe eight or ten of them, 
But for me personally, I just never wanted one. Yeah, just nothing nothing that grabs me enough. People said, how about the Spooky South Coast logo? I said, no, no, no. That just feels, that's like a band member wearing their own band's t-shirt on stage, you know? Right, right, exactly. I, I agree. I get that. I, I just, I feel the same way. You know, like I said, I don't think my brother has any tattoos either. I don't think he's ever had a reason or wanted to get one. But, but like, again, I don't condemn anybody that does. I just, 